0: one day guess what Al he's going solo today by the way give it up for Al right now hey hey, Al. he's a happening guy I tell you what and he decided to go back to school and finish up his college degree right Al just shake your head right on That's right and so but the problem was as good as intentions that was uh, one of the classes have you ever had one of these one of the professors was an avowed atheist and he made no bones about it you run into those guys always picked on you as the Christian right And so one day, Al's professor uh, shocked several of his students there, the class, when he boldly stated that once and for all, he was going to prove that there was no God. And so he, in boldness, he looks at the ceiling and he shouts, God, if you're real and you're really up there, then I want you to knock me off this platform and I'm going to give you exactly 15 minutes to do it. Well, at this, the class fell silent. You could hear a pin drop, and 10 minutes goes by, and the professor, he spoke up again, yells at the ceiling again, I'm waiting, God, go ahead, knock me off this platform. And again, just a few minutes later, the professor taunted God again, saying, here I am, God, I'm still waiting. And just when we got down to the last couple of minutes there, all of a sudden, Al, the former Navy SEAL, that's right, he runs up to the professor, he proceeds to just grab him, this big bear hood, shoves him off the platform, knocks him out cold. Let's close in prayer. No, let me finish the, <laughs> Right? And the students were shocked, man. And then Al just calmly goes right back down to his seat in the front row and he's totally silent. Well, eventually the professor came to, and he was noticeably shaking him. And, uh, and he saw Al there on the front row. And he's looking at him in amazement. He says to Al, he says, what in the world is the matter with you? Why in the world did you do that? To which Al replied, well, God's really busy protecting American soldiers who are protecting your right to say stupid things like that. So he sent me to do the job. Yeah. All right, now let's close in prayer. No, let's continue on, that's right. Hey, as you guys can see, apparently as Al learned in college, okay, that uh, sometimes, man, you just gotta grab the bull by the horns and take charge of the situation, don't you? You know what I'm saying? Get the job done, okay, yourself. But that's right, folks, believe it or not, the bad news is one day the Bible says the whole planet is going into a situation that nobody tries you might is gonna have control over. And what we've been seeing is that's gonna happen at the rapture of the church. And the reason why it's going to be such an out-of-control time is because, as we've been seeing, for those who refuse to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, they are going to be catapulted into the seven-year tribulation, and that is not a joke. It is an outpoint of God's wrath upon a wicked and rebellious plan. And, but the good news we saw, though, is Jesus, first of all, said that, hey, that time is horrid. You don't want to be there. It's going to be the worst time in the history of mankind, and that unless God shortened that time frame, the entire human race would be literally wiped out. But praise God, as we've been seeing, God's not just a God of wrath, i.e. justice. He's going to have the last word on this evil and suffering. How many guys are looking forward to that? It is gonna go, uh, not go on forever, okay? But he's a God of love as well. And because he loves us, he loves his creation, he's given us so many warning signs to let us know when it's getting near, the tribulation and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Therefore, to keep you and I certainly here at sunrise from experiencing the ultimate bad day, believe it or not, even worse than getting tackled by Al, uh, we're gonna continue our study, that's right, called The Final Countdown, all right? Now, how many of you guys can read lips, okay? How many of you guys can stare at John? Okay, praise God, we can do that. John, sorry, pressure's on. I'm gonna try to get you guys to all feel very good. Stare at John, ready? And so far, we've seen in our study, the number 10 sign is? The Jewish people. The The number nine sign is? You can uh, participate if you'd like, just besides staring. (laughs) Uh, The number eight sign is? And the number seven sign is? And that's right, the number six sign is? Hey, you're cheating, you're reading cliff notes. What's the deal, you you have me? Hey, man, what's going on here? Now I'm really going to close in prayer. Now let's continue on. And that's right. If you were here last week, we started a new sign. And you can read this one. That was right. The number five signs, what? the rise of apostasy. And what we saw is God lovingly foretold you and I that when we see not just the world going down the tubes, but hello, unfortunately, the church going down the tubes. And that's happening, folks, right now, today, all over the world, thanks in part to this massive flooding in the church of phony baloney believers. And that's what's part and parcel causing this great falling away, this abandoning of the faith that the Bible said would happen specifically when you're living in the... Last days, okay, but that's not all. The second reason why people in the church have abandoned the Christian faith, they're turning from even the basic truths of Christianity, is not only a flood of phony baloney believers, but a flood of greedy believers, i.e. greedy Christians. You got phony Christians coming into the church, causing this falling away, and you also got greedy Christians. Now, folks, what I'm talking about, again, is what's called the word of faith movement. Okay? In other words, the name it and claim it, the blab it and grab it group, okay? If you're familiar with that, okay? And we've already, if you've been here at Sunrise for a while, we've already talked about this a couple different times in other studies that we've been through. But I have to bring it up again because it has everything, believe it or not, with living in the last days. Little do people realize when you turn on the TV and you see these hucksters, okay, out there ripping people off of their cash, these false teachings of this word of faith movement, it's one of the clearest signs in the Bible that you're living in the last days. God said these people would come in the church and rip people off of their cash with stories they made up in the last days. But don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God's. He told us in 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 2, verses one through three. Let's take a look at the text there. If you find 3 Peter, what do you do? throw a mumble do something throw it away all right second peter chapter two let's take a look at what he warns us okay second peter chapter two and we're going to read the first uh, uh, three verses there now it says here on the heading false teachers and their destruction how many guys would say you don't want to be a false teacher you're headed for destruction how many guys would say that uh, you don't want to be in the false teachers camp when destruction comes okay and that's what's going to happen Uh, God is going to put these guys down. I didn't say it, he did. But here's what he said specifically, what kind of false teachers are gonna come in the future context last days. Okay, let's take a look. Uh, Chapter uh, two in 2 Peter. Here's what he says, verse one. But there were also false prophets among the people just as there what? Will be in the future context of the church, false teachers among you. And here's what these guys are gonna do. They are secretly going to introduce destructive heresies. Listen, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, okay, is what they're gonna do, and it's gonna bring swift destruction on themselves. Now listen, many. Now that's a huge thing right there. He said, oh, we'll never, people in the church will never fall for this stuff. I mean, there's what did it say there? What was the word? Many. You're gonna see a whole slug of people in the future falling for these guys' phony, is what he says there. We'll follow their shameful ways and we'll bring the way of truth into disrepute. That's the Greek word blasphemeo, it means to blaspheme. They're gonna say some blasphemous things. It's absolutely wild. And now here's the motive, in their what? Greed, it's all about money, okay? These teachers will exploit you, meaning rip you off. It's all about money, in their greed, they're going to exploit you with stories they made up. It's a bunch of baloney. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. In other words, Chrome translation, you don't want to be in their camp when it comes judgment day, right? Okay? And folks, as you just saw, this is pretty clear in the text there. The Bible says, in the future, the context, last days, certainly as you continue on to chapter three, he says, last days, scoffers are going to come, which, by the way, is an interesting thing. As we take a look at what we're going to see today, you'll wonder why there's so many scoffers in the last days when you see these hucksters we're about to see. It is turning people away uh, from Jesus Christ. But the Bible says that in the future, in the last days, that people in the church are going to be not just led astray, They're gonna be led astray by false teachers who are specifically greedy, okay? And because of their greediness, they are going to exploit people in the church for their money, okay? In other words, they're going to come into the church and they're going to rip Christians off of their cash with stories they made up. Now, I don't know about you, Jay, uh, besides that nifty haircut that's got my attention. Give it up for Jay, dude, is that all? you thought you're going to hide i don't think so but anyway that's right the bible says clearly folks uh that this is going to happen but aren't you glad we see no signs of people coming into the church with stories they made up just to rip people off of their cash i mean that'll never happen folks you're paying attention it's everywhere in the church and it's been really i'm still surprised the lord willing been saved for 19 years i can't believe this still this stuff still goes on they should have been kicked out of the church a long time ago. How do these guys get to continue decade after decade? It is all over the place. In so-called Christian TV, so-called Christian bookstores, in churches, it's everywhere. Today, people in the American church in mass are being led astray by false teachers who are ripping them off of their money exactly like the Bible said would happen in the last days. Isn't that wild? We already saw with the last topic, the rise of wickedness, every time you turn on your TV... Okay, and you see all this, oh, so murdered and, and war and, and all this immorality and this, the drugs and all it, it, that's a clear cut sign from God you're in the last days. Just turn on your TV. Every time you turn on your TV and you hear news about Israel and the Middle East, that's a sign you're in the last days. Do we realize that in the church, every time you turn on the TV and you see these hucksters ripping people off of their cash, ah, we're in the last days. How many signs does God have to give us to get our attention? Just turn on your TV. Okay, it's all over the place if you know what to look for. And the first way that they're doing it is they're snookering people with stories they made up by promising false hopes to people. They're playing on their poverty. They're playing on their illnesses. These guys are absolute hucksters, okay? And if you're familiar with these Word of Faith teachers, that's exactly what they do, folks, okay? And first of all, they're called Word of Faith because that's what they say. That's what they teach. This is their false teaching, Okay, they say if you just have enough faith, and if you just speak the word, you could have untold riches from God. You could have perfect health from God every single day of your life. Okay, which is a bunch of boning. But once again, don't take my word for it. Let's take a look at a sampling of just a few of their false teachings from just a few of their leaders currently here in the American church. Here's what they said. First of all, about perfect wealth. So supposedly you and I are guaranteed Perfect wealth. This guy, Jesse Duplantis, he said this, quote, the very first thing on Jesus' agenda was to get rid of poverty. I think it was to get rid of sin. If you read the Bible, it wasn't get rid of poverty. Are you kidding me? But that's a direct quote there. Frederick Price, here's what he said. He said, the apostles were businessmen. They were rich men and had plenty of money. I'm going to show you that Jesus was a wealthy man and he had plenty of money. Jesus and the disciples were rich because only rich people could take off for three and a half years. <laughs> Stories they made up. Okay, John Avanzini, he said this, Jesus was handling big money because uh, that treasure he had was a thief. Now, you can't tell me that a ministry with a treasure that's a, a thief can operate on a few pennies. Uh uh-uh. It took big money to operate that ministry because uh, Judas was stealing out of that bag. If you got a treasure, that means you got a lot of money man, we better hire 15 treasures here so we can take, (laughs) apparently that's how you end up with all the cash. What? What? This is crazy. Stories you made up. Crapful of dollars. Love the last name and I have to say that. Here's what he says. I'm telling you, Jesus wasn't poor and he didn't wear no rags either like we march in on these Easter plays that we do at our church with these raggedy sheets on. He said Jesus didn't have no rags on. He wore designer clothes, honey. Excuse me? Don't think so. John Avanzian once again said this, Jesus wore designer clothes. I mean, what else are you going to call it? I mean, you didn't get the stuff he wore off the rack. This was custom stuff. <laughs> as crazy as that is. Creflo Dollar, once again, I had to include this one, but without faith stuff, you have no stuff. Because faith stuff is the stuff of all stuff. You take away the faith stuff, you ain't got no stuff. You get the faith stuff, and you can get some more stuff because now you've got the main stuff. Now, did you get all that stuff? <laughs> Stories they made up including stuff stories. Excuse me. Okay, Robert Tilton said this. The only time that people were poor in the Bible is when they were under a curse, and being poor is a sin. Excuse me. The Bible says Jesus, who was rich, became poor for our sakes. Was that a sin? Stories they made up. Okay, Frederick Price said this. He said, the whole point I'm trying to get you to see, and this is being done in the church. He said this, is to get you out of this malaise of thinking that Jesus and the disciples were poor and then relating that to you. The Bible says that he has left us an example that we should follow his footsteps. That's the reason why I drive a Rolls Royce. I'm following Jesus' footsteps. Wow. Now that's just the wealth issue. There's a second half. The stories they made up is also supposedly perfect health. Benny Hinn, he said, this sickness doesn't belong to you, Christian. It has no part in the body of Christ. Sickness does not belong to any of us. The Bible declares, if the word of God is in our life, there will be health, there will be healing, there will be divine health and divine healing. There will be no sickness for the saint of God. That means not even a headache, a sinus problem, not even a toothache, nothing. No sickness should come your way. How many guys would like to look in his medicine cabinet? Liar stories, they made up is the key phrase in the text there, okay? That's a lie. Kenneth Hagen said this. He said, it's the plan of our Father God in his great love and great mercy that no believer should ever be sick. Really? My Bible says that the apostle Paul on purpose left uh, Trophimus sick in Miletus. Did Paul might have enough faith. Did he not have one of these religious trinkets he could rub in the right way and get what he wanted from God as we're going to see in a second? That's blasphemy, folks. Uh, Kenneth Copeland, he said this: You begin to meditate on those scriptures until you built an inner image of yourself healed. That's Hinduism. It's called creative visualization. It's New Age. I came out of that. That's in the church. You don't tell God what to do. You don't determine your own reality. But that's what's being preached from the pulpit he said as that image grew more crisp and clear you began to expect or hope for that image to become a reality you'll be expecting the very presence of god to rise up in you so powerfully that instead of believing for healing every six weeks you'll walk in divine health every day now i don't know if you've ever seen this guy on tv but he's been on there for a while i don't know about you guys but i've noticed a pattern i've noticed that his skin is starting to fall down from his face (laughs) with all due respect because that's what happens when you get older Does he not have enough faith to keep his body youthful? Hey, just putting it to their own teachings. Bunch of belonging. Marilyn Hickey, I had to include this. She said, say to your body, your whole body, why you just function so beautifully and so well. Why, body, you never have any problems. You're a strong, healthy body. Or speak to your legs, speak to your foot, speak to your neck, speak to your your back. Speak to a biblical counselor. Okay. Uh, and once you've spoken and believe that you have received it don't go back on it speak to your wife speak to your husband speak to your circumstances and speak faith to them and create in them and god will create what you're speaking wouldn't it be great if you could just speak to your wrinkles and they all go away <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay but anyway that's right let's go a couple more here frederick price i had to include this is this is so damaging it's oh, so hurtful to people to lie he said, how can, God, uh, how can you glorify God in your body when it doesn't function right? How can you glorify God? How can you get uh, he, get glory, when your body doesn't even work? What makes you think the Holy Ghost wants to live inside a body where he can't see out through the windows and he can't see uh, uh, here with the ears? What makes you think the Holy Spirit wants to live inside of a body where the limbs and the organs and the cells don't function right? Now, do you realize what that huckster just did? Every single Christian who ever got a disease or has a disease, every single Christian who's ever been or is confined to a wheelchair, every single Christian who has body parts that don't work quite right, that huckster and those hucksters just put the stake in the heart. And it's a bunch of baloney in the church. It's stories that they have made up. And we wonder why we're seeing this massive falling away in the church in the last days. It's from these guys, okay? I'd run too from this baloney, okay? But you guys can see the basic teachings and tenets of the word of faith movement are completely antithetical of scripture and they are manipulating people with false hopes of fabulous riches or so-called perfect health. Now here's the point, there's a catch to all this. And it's totally what Peter said was gonna happen. It's one thing to introduce false teaching, but here's the second half of the game. They not only promote this, but there's a catch, and that's this, you have to send them your money to get these supposed free financial blessings and healings from God. In their greed, they exploit the church for cash. In exchange, that's right, for sowing a financial seed into their ministry. They're going to send you the latest religious trinket to get rich and to acquire your healing. For instance, these are actual things that they're promoting today that you can send off for with your generous donation, of course. Okay, To acquire these untold riches and healings, right now you can send off for a genuine faith mail. That's right. A prayer cloth a prayer candle a paper prayer rug that's right a, a, anointing oil and that's right the cornmeal miracle packet yeah for those of you hooked on cornbread or something i don't know and if you think i'm kin folks they're all over so-called christian tv here's just a sampling of their hucksters and their games ripping the church off of their cash with their gimmicks let's take
1: a look financial trouble. Do you need a miracle of God? Well, I want to rush you one of my anointed prayer hangers in the mail, absolutely free of charge. Ever since I used it, my neck stopped hurting. My whole body started feeling good, not only physically, but also financially. By bringing my mortgage up to date, that
2: was three months behind.
3: And
4: guess what? This is real. This is the anointing and the spirit of God endeavoring to break the curse of poverty and those generational curses off of you and your home and your life and your business. Call for this biblical point of contact and get into position to receive God's best for you and your loved ones. $28,000. $28,000. 28000
1: I received one check for over $50,000. Whatever he say, do. do it.
4: With every bite from this heavenly cake, you'll feel empowered and encouraged to move into all that God has for you. Take the first step to a new life. Call the number on your screen and get your free packet of the Miracle Manna Bread today. Today, take him as your senior partner. Make a $1,000 vow of faith. And as God begins to provide, listen to me. And as God begins to multiply, that's all I'm, that's all God's saying. He will just keep it watered, don't eat your seed, fulfill your vow. I see money letters coming to you. Oh, I feel the anointing of God. But God,
1: the cause miracles that happen in your life. Money is coming to you. That's right. Miracle money, divine transfers. I want to show you how to get yourself into a position. So
3: that you can receive. I can feel it now.
1: I can
2: feel it. I can feel it. Let's
0: let's repeat after me. I can feel it. I can feel myself getting ripped off. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, what did the Bible say? What did we just read in Second Peter? When you see these guys on TV ripping people off in the church of their cash, it's a sign we're in the last days. And again, you might be out here, maybe at sunrise and we're in our own little bubble. And we're thinking, come on, Pastor Billy, that's pretty wacky. I mean, nobody in the church is gonna fall for that baloney. But folks, I'm telling you, if you know anything what's going on, go in your local Christian bookstore. and This stuff is all over the place. And it's all over the church, it's all across America. And these so-called faith ministries are raking in millions of dollars every single year. Listen, P, uh, promoting not Jesus Christ, but a pile of cash. They're getting people not to seek Almighty God, but a so-called great health. And it's all for money, it's all for profit, and it's exactly what God said would happen when you're in the last days. These guys are gonna come and do that. And besides, folks, I need to, uh, to uh, put the answer to it out here. The Bible is clear. We are not guaranteed a big old pile of cash and perfect health this side of heaven. The Bible is clear. The Bible warns us and says that if you live a godly life in Christ, you're going to experience some pain. Heaven comes later. You're going to have suffering. You're going to have persecution. Hard times are going to come for the church. That's what the Bible says. Let's take a look at that and stop looking at stories made up. Uh, Psalms 34 verse 19 says, A righteous man may have how many troubles? Many troubles, but the Lord, praise God, delivers him from them all. Isaiah 48 10. See, and God speaking, I've refined you, though not as silver. I've tested you in the furnace of a Cadillac of affliction. God will use pain to sharpen us up, make us stronger, okay? Uh, m- not just Old Testament, New Testament. Matthew 5, Jesus speaking, 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are what? Have an Armani suit? No, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people, what, insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice, be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Matthew 24, 9, Jesus said this, In the last days, then you're going to be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you're going to be hated by all nations because of me. Doesn't sound like we're going to be living in mansions, at least not on earth okay second timothy 3 10 through 12 you however know all about my teaching paul says my way of life my purpose faith patience love and endurance persecutions and sufferings what kind of things happened to me in antioch iconium and lystra the persecutions i endured yet the lord rescued me from all of them in fact everyone who wants to live a godly life in christ jesus will be persecuted It's coming, folks. Acts 14, 21 through 22. They preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith, that if they would just sow a seed for $1,000, they would get the, they sprinkle miracle. No, if if they, how many guys wish you could just crunch on some stale, stinking bread? And all your problems go away. Here's the message they strengthened them with. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. That's the message the church needs to hear, is hello, especially in these last days. Okay, Philippians 1, 29, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but what? Yay, what a privilege to suffer for him since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now here that I still have Philippians 3 10 I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings becoming like him In his death a couple more first Peter 5 9 resist him the devil Standing firm in the faith because you know your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings It's global, okay? And 1 Peter 4, 12-13, again, we're in 2 Peter 2. I think Peter knows what he's talking about. He says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as if you didn't have enough faith or you got some secret sin that you didn't confess. Those are lies as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. That's not a story made up. Okay. The bi- and folks, I'm telling you, that's just the tip of the iceberg. If you read your Bible and stop listening to stories that tells us that yes, we the Christian are going to encounter suffering in this world. And yet one of the biggest Word of Faith teachers, Kenneth Copeland, had the audacity to say this about God. Listen to what he actually said. He said, I was shocked. This is a direct quote. He said, I was shocked when I found out who the biggest failure in the Bible actually is. The biggest one in the whole Bible is God. He says, well, I mean, he lost his top-ranking, most anointed angel, the first man he ever created, the the, the first woman he ever created, the whole earth and the fullness therein, a third of the angels at least. I mean, that's a big loss, man, from the pulpit. And we wonder why Peter, what what would the uh, verse 3 say in the text there? Quote, and their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. God's going to take these jokesters out and you don't want to be there, okay? And what we need to do, folks, is call a spade a spade and realize and admit, because the secular people know that these people are hucksters, they're jokesters, and they are the only ones who are the real ones who are getting rich. Even the secular community admits it. It's time that we, the church, admit it too and deal with it and kick them out. Watch this from Dateline
4: claims he can cure the sick. Critics say the only miracle may be the millions he's making. Though Hinn refuses to make his financial information public, he has said that every dollar given to his ministry goes to the work of the Lord. Be that as it may, Benny Hinn does manage to live very well. His home is this mansion overlooking the Pacific Ocean, built and paid for by his ministry. According to building records, it has seven bedrooms, eight bathrooms, and more than 7,000 square feet of living space. The ministry told us the mansion was its parsonage and a good investment. According to area realtors, today it's worth about 10 million dollars. And when Hinn goes to crusades around the world, he travels in this private jet. According to documents we obtained, the ministry pays more than hundred and twelve thousand dollars a month to use the plane and closer to home, Pastor Benny still travels in style. This photo obtained by Dateline shows him getting out of a Mercedes SUV, and here he is driving a Mercedes convertible. Both cars retail for about $80,000. At this crusade in Milwaukee, the documents indicate Benny Hinn occupied the presidential suite of the Pfister Hotel. The hotel told us the room cost $990 a night. At a crusade in Panama, the documents show, and we verified with the Intercontinental Hotel, that Hinn was in the Royal Suite. The published rate, $1,700 a night. At a crusade in Montreal, we verified Pastor Benny was ensconced in the Royal Suite of the St. James Hotel. The regular rate there, $2,700 a night. The room is as big as an average house, 2,200 square feet, including a makeup room, dressing room, and a piano that plays by itself and we found some other trips that seem to have little to do with spreading the Word of God Hinn is a regular at Beverly Hills clothing stores like Versace Louis Vuitton and Bijan where Hinn's name is on the window along with princes and heads of state but there are questions raised by some of the purchases we found in those expense documents for example in just over four weeks in 2003 we found six separate charges at high-end clothing stores totaling more than six thousand dollars all charged on the ministry's corporate card but we were intrigued by what appear to be stops made by pastor benny at resorts and spas around the world on his way to and from crusades the ministry called these stops layovers now for most of us travelers a layover means long hours waiting for a connection in an unfamiliar airport maybe an overnight stay at a low-rent hotel. But remember, Pastor Benny travels in the ministry's private jet and sets his own schedule. So consider Benny Hinn's version of a layover. On his way home to California from this crusade in Colombia, the documents show, and the hotel confirmed for us, Pastor Benny stopped at this resort in Cancun, Mexico. He stayed in the presidential suite there that cost the ministry $2,684 for one night. The trip was described as a layover. After crusades in Russia and Sweden in July of 2003, Pastor Benny apparently didn't get on his private jet, fly west, and go home. Instead, he flew from Sweden south to Italy, then back north to England, with an entourage that included his son, his daughter, and her fiancé. There were expensive meals, like this one for more than $900 in Italy, and one at this Lebanese restaurant in London for more than $1,700. And check out these hotel bills. In Italy, transportation charges of more than $6,000. In London, another $6,000 for incidentals such as chauffeur services and in-room tea. The documents also list tips. In three days, more than $4,500 worth including $1,000 to a concierge and another $1,000 to a desk manager. And then there were Pastor Benny's hotel rooms. In London, the documents show, Hinn stayed at the exclusive Lanesborough Hotel. The hotel confirmed for us it was suite 210 and told us that they never discount rooms. The going rate, the hotel says, more than $3,000 a night. And then there was Pastor Benny's hotel room in Milan according to the expense documents, room 1001. The hotel confirmed it's the presidential suite. The hotel website says the room is fit for a prince and the largest hotel suite in Europe. Among its 5,400 square feet, three bedrooms, a formal dining room, a fireplace, a jacuzzi, a sauna, a Turkish bath, a large terrace with a panoramic view of the city, and a 100 foot long swimming pool decorated with marble and frescoes the hotel told us this room rents for more than $10,000 a night no discounts and through it all pastor Benny maintains that he has truth and God Come
3: give me a close on his shot, side yeah, look
4: at these eyes I have never lied to you
1: never I never will I'd rather die than lie to God's
3: people.
0: And their destruction has not long been sleeping. Yeah. And folks, he's not the only one. He's just one of them. Of these word of faith teachers that are doing that. And you talk about the audacity. And this is the point, folks. That's a secular entity. That's from Dateline. They admit it. They know what's going on. They expose it. They talk about it. They talk about it in public. They warn people about it. The world knows this. They know the truth that these guys are false teachers and they're ripping people off of their cash exactly like God said would happen in the last days. And besides, we got to wake up in the church. God is not some cosmic Santa Claus, okay, that if we rub the right way, he has to give us what we want, folks. He is God and we are not. And I know this might be hard to believe, but did you know that the Apostle Peter was profoundly used by God? And to my knowledge, he never once owned an Armani suit and he never once got to stay in those hotels and he never once got to drive a Cadillac. And did you know the Apostle Peter, there's no record in the Bible of him chanting an Old Testament prayer over and over and over again to increase the size of his ministry. But what we do see is the Apostle Peter warned us that these hucksters would come in the church, rip the church off of their cash in the last days and it's all over the place which means guess what we better wake up we're in the last days the second way that these guys are manipulating people quickly for their cash in the last days is they're not just promoting these false hopes with stories they made up but they are perverting church discipline they are perverting church discipline okay see if you haven't already recognized the routine of these guys obviously it's stories they made up it's not true so you're not going to get your riches by enlarging you're not going to get your healing okay Unless God's merciful and wants to work through these uh, guys, okay? Uh, and I mean in, uh, in spite of them, okay? I'm not promoting them, okay? But, but here's the scapegoat that they do, okay? If you don't get your so-called fabulous riches, if you don't get your so-called perfect healing, then no, 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 the problem isn't with them and the stories they made up. The problem is with you because you didn't have enough faith to get out of that wheelchair. No, no, you've got some secret sin that you haven't confessed and that's why you didn't get, they got the perfect scapegoat. It's never them, Right? But there's a second thing that they do, if you will, a scapegoat, that helps them to keep on teaching this baloney in the church, and that is this, they pervert church discipline. When you corner these guys in public and say you need to come in for discipline because you're a false teacher promoting false teachings and heresy in the church, they approach you and blast you like you're the one who's committing the crime. And they have this arrogant attitude. How dare you question them? Uh, don't you know who they are? Don't you realize they are the ones in whom God has given this special revelation? Yeah, right. And yet this is what's wild. The Bible said these guys wouldn't just come and rip people off their cash. The Bible says that's the exact arrogant attitude these guys would have also in the last days let's take a look at a a couple of those texts first timothy chapter 4 talks about that uh verse 1 and 2 the spirit clearly says that in the latter times some will abandon the faith the apostasy of the church and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons now listen such teachings come through who hypocritical liars yeah i never lied you. what are you doing staying in a 10 grand hotel every night wouldn't that be nice if you could use that to feed the hungry excuse me, hypocritical liars, and their consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. So that's one characteristic. Here's another characteristic, 2 Peter 2, 3. We saw this earlier. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. This is especially true of those who follow their corrupt desire of the sinful nature, and they what? They
1: despise
0: so, so here's the, the big question. What, what does a seared conscience look like from a false teacher? What, what, does, what does somebody who despises authority look like? How do they react? How do they behave? Well, I think they act and sound exactly like this guy. This is a seared conscience who despises authority. Again, fulfilling last
1: day's prophecy. Let's take a look. You wonderful people of God, quit attacking men of God by name. Somebody's attacking me because of something I'm teaching. Let me tell you something, brother. You watch it. You're God in heaven. I wish I can just... Oof. They call out the minister in my foot. You know, I've looked for one verse in the Bible. I just can't seem to find it. One verse that said, if you don't like him, kill him. I really wish I could find it. <laughs> but don't mention people's names on your radio program and your TV program thinking you're doing God's service. You're not. You stink, frankly. That's the way I think about it. Sometimes I wish God would give me a Holy Ghost machine and i will blow your head off.
0: Hey folks, let me ask you the obvious question. Would that be appropriate for me to say that from the pulpit if somebody disagreed with me? Why is it acceptable for that guy? Looks to me, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm thinking that, that, that's the perfect picture of somebody who what? Despises authority and who has a seared conscience. Nothing you say will penetrate. To turn them around. And that's what the Bible said, the second thing that these guys would do in the last days, okay? And the reason why these guys get away with this stuff and they're not called on the carpet is because this is what they do. They have conditioned us, the American church, to keep silent. You might have heard the phrase in the church, I still hear this, I, um, it's unbelievable. They say, well, hey, Pastor Billy, who are you? I get the emails, I get the phone calls. Pa- Pastor Billy, you, you shouldn't mention Benny Hinn's name. You shouldn't call out Kenneth Copeland. You shouldn't mention, you should just say there's some false teachings going on. Don't call them out by name. Really? Have you read your Bible? The Bible says that a good pastor or shepherd not only feeds his sheep, but he protects his sheep from the hirelings who come in to harm the flock, which would include ripping them off of their cash. It is the bad pastor, okay, who keeps his mouth shut. In fact, if you read the Bible, you'll see that Jesus not only called out the Pharisees, he called them out in public, and here's what he said to them. He says, you guys are a bunch of blind men, blind fools, blind guides, brood of vipers, band of murderers, bag of dead man's bones, and a bunch of hypocrites, and he did it in public. And Paul, he called out in the church several false teachers by name. Here's just a couple of them. You have to call these people out. You have to be specific. First Timothy, chapter one, verse 18 through 20. Timothy, my son, Paul says, "'I give you this instruction, "'with keeping with the prophecies once made about you, "'so that by following them, you may fight the good fight, "'holding on to faith and a good conscience.'" He said, here's the problem. Some have rejected these, and they have shipwrecked their faith. And among them are who? Thomas' me name, John. Just use a generic term. Hymenaeus, he called him out by name in the church. And another guy, Alexander, by name in the church, whom I've handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. That's the same word as 2 Peter, to bring into disrepute disrepute, blasphemeo. Okay, but that's not the only time. 2 Timothy 2, 16 through 18, avoid godless chatter, Paul says, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene okay and among them there he is again second time he calls the guy out hymen and now there's another guy in the church philetus okay who have wandered away from the truth they say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some just like those hucksters with their false hopes and ripping them off of their cash
1: would have a better America, better men and women, and not so much juvenile delinquency. There would be, you know, gestures like when I would say Jesus, my arms would have to go out, to when I would say the devil, I would go forward, and she had this incredible set of signals. Near, like if she would say, oh Jesus, if I was going too slow. Or if she said, glory to God, you know, that meant you better speed up and go a little bit faster. Then later on, they came up with more signals like praise God meant, you know, you've got the people where you need them, you better take an offering and raise some money. Hallelujah! Hallelujah, lift up your hands and worship the Lord. Praise Him tonight. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God is so real tonight! If you can't feel the Holy Ghost tonight, man, you're dead and you don't know it. So why don't you praise Him? Why don't you call upon His name? Why don't you worship the Lord tonight? Oh, lift up your hands and praise Him! Hallelujah! 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 Oh, oh hallelujah! Experience where you say you're saved, then there's the fire baptism when you get the Holy Ghost and that's the tongues thing. And they love to work people over. You've got to like shoot in on this. When you see people gathering around people and start laying hands on and praying with someone, you've got to like come in with the camera too. It's very important because they'll be laying hands on someone and the poor person will be saying, you know, thank you, Jesus. Now, this is a person that's already saved but they're getting the baptism and someone will be standing there going and the poor person will be standing there and they're not saying anything then after a while about four or five more will gather around and they'll start doing the same thing you know come on speak it out speak it out till all of a sudden the person will you know get so over well, by the thing that they start going, you know, and the next thing, you oh, that's it, you've got it, like they feel good, we've got another one, you know. Then they'll go on to the next person. I said, are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Thank you, Jesus. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Jesus is so good to me tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I praise the Lord oh glory glory hallelujah i feel good in my soul praise the lord oh sure isn't as heavy as it used to be though in the old days wow There's, there's one guy that gets into it so heavy that he's into he prophesies and he told me how he did he sat right i mean he looked right across the table back and forth at me and and he told me how, you know, how he confiscates money. He says he's on, this station is over 40 states, and uh, he'll go on there and he'll get on the radio and he'll say, I know that listening to my little boys tonight, that there's some lady out there and you've got $10 put away in a cookie jar. Now God spoke to my heart and told me to go and tell you to get that $10 and get it in the mail and send it to me and God will bless you. God will give you a reward such as you have never known before. Then he comes back to me and tells me, he says, if you're on the radio and you're going over 40 states and you're on at prime time, you've got thousands of people listening, the chances are that there are at least two or 300 little old ladies who've got a $10 bill and a cookie jar. And so if you even get you know, if a couple hundred go over and get it and send it to you, that's two grand that you've made just like that. And so, you know, if you're going to get into big time religion, this is the games you've gotta play, things like that. It's a it's a you go into it as a business and you work it as a business, you know. to do something for you then I'll turn around to the crowd see, and I'll say everyone do you believe it and you know everyone say yes you know I say, that's not enough that there's no faith here tonight I can't do anything you've got to believe it and I'll go do you believe it again And then by this time the crowd's go, yes well, and I'll say sister as I lay my hands on you it's going to happen by this time, you're just like this, you know, because you know? I do a whole thing on you. Then, you know, I sort of like get down to now. I'm going to pray the prayer and everyone bow your heads. And all of a sudden, you go in the name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, this time the shock doesn't get you, you know? how do you feel? Well, how- Once you get one or two, once that you get one or two that really come off and say, yeah, I really felt that, you know, I had a bad back, had a bad leg. Then there's a host that say, oh, yeah, I feel better too. Because like 90% of it's psychosomatic. I feel better. Yeah.
0: People, I'll say it again in closing. When in the world are we going to wake up in the church? The world knows this. And we're not doing ourselves any favor when we keep silent. Because the world knows it's hypocritical. They know these guys are phony. And when we say nothing, it makes us look, can I say this, Dumb. Instead of being a man or woman of God and calling these people on the carpet, no, you are a false teacher, you're a heretic, and you need to get out of here. And if you won't get out of here, we're going to rise up and escort you out of the building. Be gone. And these guys' ministries would dry up overnight. We need to call these people for what they are and they are simply prosperity pimps who've come in the church in the last days to rip people off their cash and we need faithful men in the pulpit who
2: will call them on
0: it and warn their churches out of love. Like this guy did, check this out.
2: And you listen to me, every one of you prosperity preachers. Jesus Christ did not die on a cross. He did not take the stripes on his back. He did not take a crown on his head. His side was not pierced, that we may drive Rolls Royces and buy $12,000 dogs and live in $40 million homes, but he died on a cross to save mankind from the power of sin and the grip of darkness. And shame on you, shame on you, shame on you. Man's problem is not what kind of suit he wears or what kind of house he lives in or what kind of house he or car he drives. Man's problem is sin and man needs a Savior and that Savior is Jesus Christ. There must be a reformation of the cross. There must be a reformation of the... Oh, you're not getting it. I said there must be a reformation of the cross. The church must come back for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The church must have a reformation of Christ and him crucified. I'm angry, I'm mad, I'm tired of God's people being fleeced. We, listen, you better hang on and buckle your seat belts. We don't need any more prosperity pimps leading the church into spiritual idolatry. said, we don't need any more prosperity pips leading the church down a primrose path of destruction. We don't need any more snake oil salesmen. We need men of God who will stand behind a pulpit and preach the gospel. I'm going to say it again. If you're preaching that lie of the greed, you are a prosperity pimp. I said, if your gospel is the gospel of greed, you're a prosperity pimp. And you're going to stand before God and give an account for every single message that you preached on that. Souls are dying and going to hell and you're prostituting the word of God. Men are bound by alcohol and you're prostituting the word of God. Homosexuals bound and dying in their sin and you're prostituting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what's going on. And let me tell you what's going to happen. Jesus said when he walked into the temple, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. You are thieves. And I remind you what happened. He cleaned the place out. And he's gonna clean the place out again. Your day is numbered. Your day is numbered. Your day is numbered. He's about ready to turn over those tables. He's about ready to throw you out. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Where people can get saved, not have success seminars. I'm sick and tired of preachers saying we all want not Christians in this church. They won't they don't want you, but Jesus wants you. Jesus wants you. I don't care if you ain't got two dimes for your day. Jesus wants you. I don't care if you don't know where your next meal is coming from. Jesus wants you. Tonight are the preachers that will stand up and take a stand. Where are they? We need Jeremiah's. We need some Daniel's. We need some Isaiah's. We need some Jehoshaphat's. We need some David's. We need some Hezekiah's that says I'm sick and tired of a dirty temple. It's time to clean it up.
0: And the people of God said Amen. Amen. And folks I'm telling you as we close this is what's so wild about this behavior. This is all going on before our very eyes but do we have any idea just how close we are? And do we have any idea of the days that we live in? How many signs does God have to give us? Do we really realize, even here at sunrise, how close we are to being in the last days? How many people, even the church, are clueless to the prophetic meaning of what we just saw and what we just studied? Every time you see on the TV and you see one of these prosperity pimps, it should not only make you sick to your stomach, it should send this clear message to you, oh, I better start living for Jesus. I better get right with God. I better stop playing with sin. I better better get busy serving him because I'm in the last days. Or if you're here today and you're not a Christian, it should send this message to you. I better stop playing games with God. And when the gospel goes forth, even today, I better respond because this is one of the biggest signs we're that close and I don't want to miss the rapture of the church. That's what all this means to us. That's what we need to pay attention to. Amen? Let's pray.
3: I don't know what you feel about the prosperity gospel, the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, but I'll tell you what I feel about it. Hatred. It is not the gospel. And it's being exported from this country to Africa and Asia. Selling a bill of goods to the poorest of the poor, believe this message, your pigs won't die, your wife won't have miscarriages, you have rings on your fingers and coats on your back. That's coming out of America. The people that ought to be giving our money and our time and our lives, instead selling them a bunch of crap called gospel. And here's the reason it is so horrible. When was the last time that any American, African, Asian ever said, Jesus is all satisfying because you drove a BMW? Never! They'll say, Jesus did do that? Yeah, well I'll take Jesus. That's idolatry, that's not the gospel. That's elevating gifts above giver. I'll tell you what makes Jesus look beautiful. is when you smash your car, and your little girl goes flying through the windshield and lands like dead on the street. And you say, through the deepest possible pain, God is enough. God is enough. He is good. He will take care of us. He will satisfy us. He will get us through this. He is our treasure, whom have I in heaven but you. And on earth, there's nothing that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart my little girl may fail, but you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That makes God look glorious. As God, not as giver of cars, or safety, or health. Oh, how I pray that America would be purged of the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel and that the Christian church would be marked by suffering for Christ. God is most glorified in you when you are most satisfied in Him in the midst of loss, not prosperity.
0: And so, out of love and mercy, God gave us something called His law, or the Ten Commandments. It's kind of like His x-ray into our heart to show us what He already knows, that He is holy and that we are not. And it's this unholiness or sin that separates us from Him. Let's take a look at God's x-ray, if you will, His divine law, to show us what He already knows. The Ten Commandments, uh, the ninth one, says this, you shall not bear false witness okay, that's called lying, okay, and if you've ever told a lie once, which we all have, myself included, the Bible says that makes you a liar, okay, the, the, another commandment says you shall not steal, okay, Uh, and you might think, well, that's something that everybody does, well, it doesn't make it right, and it demonstrates what God is trying to show us, that uh, we all have sin, and it's separating us from him, Even if you took a pencil in the third grade from somebody, if you did it without permission, that's stealing. And so now you've become a thief. The Bible says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And how interesting it is and unfortunate that the only name under heaven by which men might be saved, the name Jesus Christ, has now become a common cuss word. The Bible says that God is so holy that even his name is holy. If you've taken the Lord's name in vain... And used it as a cuss word or even flippantly. The Bible calls that the sin of blasphemy. And so now you become a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus says if you even look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. And finally the Bible says uh, you shall not murder. And you might think, well hey, I haven't done that one. Really? Well again the Bible says that the sin of hatred is the same as the sin of murder the only difference is you pulled the trigger if you will in your heart you wish they were dead and in god's eyes it's the same thing in principle folks that's only just a couple of the ten commandments we didn't even go through all of them but i think you're starting to get the picture the bible is correct we have all fallen short of the glory of god myself included and that we are separated from god as a result and so when our time comes we're not automatically going to heaven We are headed for judgment. We are headed for hell. Now let me tell you the good news. The good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. It was the death penalty of its day. He paid in full uh, the price for our sins to be forgiven. Let me give you an analogy. For instance, even today, we could see that a person could commit a crime. Uh, They they cannot reverse it. The the sentence has been passed. The judge has uh, slammed his gavel, and they are ushered off into their jail cell. And in this particular crime, they are going to receive the death penalty. And so they're behind bars just waiting for the time, waiting for the call for them to go and uh, receive the death penalty. But believe it or not, as we know, there is a way that a person can get off a death row.